1: Hello and welcome to the Three Lions Podcast. My name is Russell Osborne and this is an independent England football supporters podcast. I hope I find you well. Once again, this time we'll be looking at the Lionesses this episode. I'll soon be joined by the Evening Standards' Dom Smith as we look back on Austria and Italy, of which I'm sure you know the results of. I'll also say a few words about Stan Bowles, who recently passed away. Now, to start with this episode, and before I speak with Dom, when Grace Clinton scored her debut goal against Austria, took me back to the episode I did back in November 2021, where I looked at the senior men and all those who had scored on their senior debuts. Still there, if you want to listen to it. But once I started thinking about it, I needed to go down the rabbit hole. I needed to scratch that itch. I needed to do something similar for the Lionesses or the England women. So I have a bit of research on England football online and going through some of my old programmes, YouTube as well. I think I've found the vast majority of women who have scored for England in their first game. There may be a couple more I can't be 100% sure what with the maybe lack of information in some places. But let's start at the beginning. England women's first ever official international was back in November 1972. It was away to Scotland, a game they won 3-2 after being 2-0 down. It was a game with three different goal scorers. So there are our first three debutant goal scorers for the England women. They were Sylvia Gore, Linda Hale and Jeanie Allott. Now in their second game, away to France, they won 3-0. Eileen Foreman scoring on her first game there. Now as far as I'm aware, only two women have scored a hat-trick on their debut. The first was Pat Firth. In the women's third ever game. It was an 8-0 victory against Scotland. And it was in the first international to take place in England. Played in Nuneaton. Now I'll get to the second player to score a hat-trick in a moment. Uh, But just to add. Only four men have scored a hat-trick for England. And they were all in the late 1800s. It would be the 13th game until it happened again. Angela Poppy scored in her first game in a 4-0 win over Wales in 1976. And I believe it would then be 119 games until it all happened again. Marie-Anne Catterall scored away to Portugal in a 5-0 win in 1996. And it's now that we start to get to some more, some more familiar names. August 1997, England travelled to Livingston in Scotland for a friendly. They came away with a 4-0 win. Two goals from Kerry Davis, one from Sammy Britton, then Arsenal's Rachel Yankee scored the first of her 19 goals in a career that stretched for 129 caps. Let's fast forward eight years, February 2005, and TV and radio pundit Karen Carney makes her debut in a 4-1 friendly win over Italy. Played in a stadium that no longer exists, the Milton Keynes National Hockey Stadium. A pitch with a slick surface and different types of lines, obviously one more suited to hockey. But it was once home to Milton Keynes FC, who later became MK Dons. Ellen White, the Lioness's all time leading goal scorer. She started as she meant to go on, scoring on her debut, home to Austria, in a 2011 World Cup qualifier. Played at Queen's Park Rangers' Loftus Road Stadium, she scored the third in a 3 0 win and would go on to score 58 times for the Lionesses. It's now March 2013 and the Cyprus Cup. Jordan Nobbs started for the Lionesses for the first time, and it was she that opened the scoring in a 4-2 win against Italy. This after only seven minutes. A sweetly struck strike from outside the box that flew in to the top right-hand corner. This was the start of a campaign that would see the team win the tournament for the second time. A year later, in August 2014, let's go to Hartlepool. England faced Sweden in a friendly. Karen Carney had already opened the scoring in the first half, but a certain Frank Kirby got the second, picking the ball up and weaving her way into the box. She held the defender off, before slotting home from an angle. Now, I mentioned Pat Firth earlier, the first to score a debut hat-trick. Or well, the second was Arsenal's Danielle Carter, who away to Estonia, scored three. It was also a match where Izzy Christiansen scored on her first game too.
2: Carter with a through ball to Jess Clark, who's played onside, her shot blocked... She lifts the ball back into the danger area. Dan Carter with the strike. England open their account on just two minutes. Carter scoring on her senior debut. Davison with another surge of pace. It's her evening, this one. She pulls the ball back in towards Carter. Potter with the follow-up. The ball couldn't find a way through. But it does now. What a strike from Izzy Christensen on her debut. That's the pick of the bunch. She tees it up, crosses in the ball towards Carter, who first time strokes it past Guetta lair Two goals on her debut. And she runs over to celebrate with the provider, White. Christensen, forward to Carter, who shows good strength there to turn. Well, that's the way to seal off a hat-trick. A sweet strike from the Arsenal ladies forward. A hat-trick on her debut, and it's Estonia nil, England eight.
1: It's September 2018 now. The Lionesses are away to Kazakhstan in a 2019 World Cup qualifier. With England already cruising at 3-0 on 66 Minutes, Lucy Staniforth scores her first goal in her first game. Even though it's only less than six years ago, it's incredible that there doesn't seem to be any footage of this particular game. So I can't even describe it to you, other than the, the BBC report it as a low strike. Austria appear to be a popular opponent for our players to score against in their debut I've already mentioned Ellen White, and you'll know one of our most recent games. But back in 2018, the girls travelled to Vienna for a friendly. A game where two players would open their accounts in their first game.
2: Nice drop of the shoulder by Karen Carney. Old Duggan. It's a mess of a gago! On her debut! Takes full advantage. Of a terrible defensive mix up in the Austrian back line. And what a dream start to her England career for Chioma Ubergagu. Paris, Stanway's there. Here is Georgia Stanway! What a goal. Beautifully worked. And not the cleanest of finishes from Georgia Stanway, but she won't care. A goal on senior debut for Gagu. And now Stabway as well.
1: You may remember this one. A match played at St George's Park, played behind closed doors because of the pandemic. Home to Northern Ireland, Chloe Kelly was brought down in a box and upstepped Ella Toon to convert the penalty to make it 6-0.
2: Lovely touch and skill by Chloe Kelly, who then went down and it was just inside the area. And it will be a penalty as Ella Toon looks to score on her debut for her country. It is Toon and she does score. A debut goal for Manchester United's Ella Toon. And England lead Northern Ireland by six goals to nil.
1: November 2022, the Lionesses travelled to Spain to play in the Pinnatar tournament. Two friendly games against Japan and Norway. And in the first of these games, we were 3-0 up. And Serena Viegman brought on Jess Park for Georgia Stanway with a minute of the 90 left. Less than a minute of being on the pitch. And Park made it 4-0. No foul. Picked up by Salmon. And England put icing on the cake tonight. Oh, they can. Just seconds after coming on. What a moment. For Jess Park on debut. The fourth goal for England. But more importantly, a symbolic moment for the youngster. Then the most recent debutant goal, of course, came from Grace Clinton. Currently on loan at Tottenham Hotspur from Manchester United. This against Austria in a friendly in Spain. She headed in from a Lauren Hemp cross. This after she'd already hit the post with a speculative effort. And Hent loves to attack defenders and gets past them more often than not. And the cross came in and she put it on a plate. And there is the debut goal. And look at all the England players around. Grace Clinton, who took the chance well. And England double their advantage. Let's welcome Dom Smith back to the show. Hi, Dom. Hello. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Dom Smith from the Evening Standard. We are we're talking lionesses. Austria seven two and Italy five one. Now, I've I've thought about these games a fair bit, trying to to work out the positives and the negatives of it all, and and I'm aware that the Quantity of the opponents available, um, because other teams were in action, because of the the nations league. Um, I just kind of felt that the the quality of these opponents um, didn't really test us so much. Um, that was maybe my negative. Um, there are um, positives um, to mention, which which I'd like to to speak about as well but what what was your overall take on the the two games
0: Yeah, similar i think similarly surprised that austria and italy just didn't seem to have that the same cutting edge that england did i mean it was only you know two uh, one and a half years ago that england played austria in the opening game of the euros and austria yeah. were a very decent team and of course that that tournament was bookended by qualification for the world cup in which we also had austria in our group and found it difficult to beat them i think there was a general feeling at the time that they were one of the 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 most um you know underrated teams in in europe really and we played italy in the arnold clark cup last year and won 2-1 in a very tight game at coventry but this was not like that was it it was oh. it was uh, Blood gates were open for England and yeah, what was it? Twelve goals in two games. I mean, that's impressive against any opposition, let alone you know, sort of B string nations who um really should have been putting up more of a fight against England. It, I think certainly when the fixtures came out, I think we were we understood because everyone else seemed to have quite important games this month that it wasn't going to be possible to play um the very elite. That said, um you know these two nations are not miles off it. No. they um, they were quite far off it weren't they yeah, that I mean,
1: yeah i mean austria I, I mean if you take the the fifa rankings and and that's what i've got to go on uh, austria are 17th and, and italy are 14th and i believe we are fourth at this moment in time um, obviously within the fifa rankings there are uh, american teams um, south american as well so that sort of divides it all up a bit but in amongst there are your nations league Finalists, Spain, um, Netherlands, Germany, France, as well, which to me, then I think, well, there is still a quite a division within the European game between sort of maybe wherever we are and the, the Nations League finalists to the likes of Austria and Italy. Yeah. Um, yeah. and these, these two games, we, there's plenty of positives to take for us. We played really well. We, we blooded um, a couple of new players um, and, and tried um, a couple of new things out. But it just felt that Italy and Austri- Austria
0: didn't take it as seriously as, as we did. Would, would that be fair? I mean, we don't know ultimately how seriously they were taking it because we can't. Speak to them about it, but it did look like that. Yes, I mean, England have been good in both the men's and the women's, um, you know, sections in recent years at being constantly on it. And I know that only the the women have have got a trophy to show for that. But um, yeah, and they got to the final last year. You know, they they've they've been right at the forefront of the women's game. But that's that's not necessarily because they've got a, a wealth of talent way beyond other nations. They, they they've been. Just very diligent in how they've taken to each match, no matter the competition. And admittedly, they've got a very good manager. Um, but yeah, I mean, Austria and Italy are two nations who can play as well as England on their day, but didn't have their day, and 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 England made them look very, very um limited opposition indeed, which we know that 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 they're, neither of them are.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, onto the onto the more positive side of things. The 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 team or the squad that Serena selected, um, the vast majority of them got some game time. In fact, I think it was only... Frank Kirby came, uh, she withdrew after I think she got injured in the warm-up against Austria. And, and the only other player um, who I don't think took to the pitch was goalkeeper Kiara Keating, which, which was a bit of a shame. Um, but it did mean that we got to see the likes of... Um, Esme Morgan got some good game time in the Austria game. Uh, Grace Clinton, of course, we we need to talk about. Mel um played in that first one as well. The, the second game, uh, Millie Turner came in as well. So this really was a, a an opportunity for Serena to take a, a good look at some of these players that hopefully are going to take us forward to the Euros next year.
0: Absolutely. And I'm um, sure we'll talk about, about some of them, including, I mean, I mean, if, it's important to say that these are very experienced players in the WSL. You know, we talk about blooding them for England and you're absolutely right, but they're players who've, you know, have been performing. Millie Turner, you know, is a good example of this, has been performing in the WSL for years. So, mm. um, you know, deserves her chance and and did well. Um, but yeah, Grace Clinton is the really exciting one because she's I think she's only twenty or there or thereabouts and and she's uh you know doing so well at Tottenham this season. Uh and and has earned her um her debut and uh, and played well, scored. So yeah, happy days for her.
1: Yeah, and that was a, a great, great goal for her to score. And this this was shortly after she'd she'd hit the post, I think it was, um, previous um to scoring and, and she carried on um, playing well in, in the Italy game. Uh, but one player I, I did think really did stand out in the, uh, the first game, the Austria one was Esme Morgan. Now, obviously, she's probably down the pecking order, um, for immediate hmm. starts, what with Leah Williamson and Millie Bright being out, um, Alex Greenwood as well in that sort of that area. But, she sort of imposed herself quite well and, and her range of passing, bringing the ball out and, and finding space was, was really interesting to
0: see. Absolutely. I think she offers something it's fair to say a bit different from the mm. other defenders. but um, yeah, she's been really, really good in the last probably season or two and uh, yeah, has deserved slightly increased minutes. I mean, I mean, she's a, Probably in terms, I know there are different positions, but in terms of her England evolution and becoming a more familiar name, I think she's probably a little bit further behind the likes of left back Neve Charles. But it's a similar kind of story where it's someone who's just continued working away, a young player with a lot of talent. And uh, yeah, Neve Charles will be a big part of England's future, and I think probably Esme Morgan will as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's hope so. Um, The the one thing where where we are winning games by. Convincing margins when we do get caught out um, at the when when the opposition score it, it almost feels like especially in in this game here that we we took our eye off the ball, both Austria's goals um I think they both came from headers um I think the first one was a a free header and and the second one I thought actually possibly could have been saved um if if i'm thinking correctly but if we're going to sort of maybe or serena is going to pick apart the the teams and and the benefits of of these games it's almost where we concede goals that we're probably going to learn something from would that be fair
0: yeah yeah and they were unable to keep a clean sheet in either game ultimately but no i agree i mean the the quality of goals that england scored this month, and frankly, that they score more widely tends to be much higher than the kind of goals they concede. I mean, it does help when you're not playing Sam Kerr and Australia every week because she did score an outstanding goal against England, didn't she, in the World oh, yeah. Cup? But- yeah. But yeah, I mean, the quality of goals that Austria scored and, and the, the one that Italy scored, I mean, yeah, de- defenders were nowhere to be seen, really. And and they are poor goals to concede, much poorer than the quality of the goals England scored. And that's because England have better finishers and, frankly, are a better unit, a better, more f- uh, you know, free-flowing team than Italy and Austria. But yeah, concerning that they would not only concede in both games, but concede those types of goals because they... They, they were pretty ugly really weren't they
1: yeah yeah they they were yeah ugly and and frustrating um because you kind of know that a a spain or a a france germany just pick those four nations league finalists um would maybe punish us i know there was a, an italy chance where i think ultimately the ball went out of play but um was eventually saved um you think, oh, they, they may have punished us a little more than, than Italy had done. Um, but with regards to to the players we've got, we, we know all about them. Their goals were coming from from all over the place. Russo scored. Um, Beth Mead got a couple. Lauren Hemp scored. Uh, Jess Carter got a, a cheeky little flick in the the Austria game. And it was, it was good to see uh, Lotto wibben Moy. Um, score so early. That was her first England goal in the, the Italy game as well. I mean, she's another one of those players that is, she does so well for Arsenal, but she's just always just on the fringes for England.
0: Yes, she is because the players above her are, you know, have have had esteemed international careers and are at the moment slightly better players. But the positive thing for, you know, a lot of a Moy type figure is that actually she's playing in a position where there aren't, a huge number of players above her. It's mm. just, as I say, that they are of a slightly higher level at the moment. Um, but she, you know, she she took her goal well. Um, it went down in the second minute. I would have quite liked it to say first minute because I think it was before the turn of the the turn of the minute. Um, oh, right. Ex- excellent header, um, you know, with her back to goal. Yeah. And she's such a composed player out from the back as well, isn't she? So I think she's an England player who has been unlucky not to have more opportunities in recent uh, I don't know, months and years, really. But, you know, she's always there or thereabouts. She's, as you say, she's very calm and composed um, and an important person and player for Arsenal. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's difficult when you've got Millie Bright and Leah Williamson and, and Alex Greenwood are the notable three, really. Although Alex Greenwood doesn't always play at centre-back. You know, the, the, those are players who are, you know, there's only three of them, but they are all better at the moment than a lot of Urban Moines. So it's difficult for her to... To get a look in, certainly into the starting lineup. Yeah,
1: she's kind of one of those players that you know, if if selected, if if were on the pitch or or even just in and around the camp is is one of those sort of players that I, think, I get the impression will will always come on, do a job for you, and and has just got a smile on her face all around the place as well. I think one of those yeah. almost a feel good player for looking in from the outside. Um, but going forwards now, the, 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 European Championship qualification has, has changed slightly, which I'm, I'm sure you're aware of. There's, I guess there's a chance that we could draw uh, maybe even both of Austria and Italy again in, in European qualification. Um, I, th- I think that could happen. Is that right?
0: Yeah, and I think it's very good that it's been made more competitive. I mean, people who are fans of a team winning 10-20-0 will be upset, but realistically, that doesn't help anyone, to be no. honest. So, um, yeah, uh, it's uh, it's a good move, and it will mean that England play more competitive games, assuming, of course, that their opponents put in slightly better showings than they did this month, because it was... Uh, it was easy for England really. I mean, you don't want to use that, that word in sport, but, um, I think Austria and Italy would have, would have expected themselves to have put on a much better showings than they did. Um, but, but broadly speaking, they are di- more difficult teams to, to beat than the Luxembourg's and North Macedonia's, um, that England came up against last time out. So, and Latvia, of course, who were the team yeah. that lost 20 nil. So, um, yeah, can only be a good thing. Um, it's exciting that the Euros qualifiers are just around the corner now, and this was about as good an audition for them as as could really have been imagined. Apart, of course, from the you know the fact of conceding in both games.
1: Yeah, yeah, good good point. Yeah, I think it's April, April and May, I believe is is when those first rounds of of Euro qualification games come around, and I've I've got a funny feeling it's the 8th of march that the draw is made don't quote me on that i will uh i will i think i mentioned it on the preview episode but it's it's certainly coming up soon as to as to whom we will face um with regards to yourself just something i noticed you've been a year now at the the evening standard i have indeed yes
0: well gone. spotted
1: yeah congratulations gone quickly still
0: enjoying it gone quickly yes still enjoying it De- definitely yes so um yeah yeah as you say sometimes you know time flies when you're having fun oh. um yeah really enjoying it still
1: amazing stuff amazing well as i say those um those qualifiers will be coming around very soon and maybe we can catch up again and, and dissect them there
0: i'll agree to it if england can uh put on as rampant a a, a selection of performance and what they did here. That, that, that's the condition on which I will speak to you again.
1: <laughs> well, let's, let's see if Dom joins us.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice one. Thanks for your time. Thanks again. Many thanks to Dom Smith there. You can follow him on Twitter at Mr. Dom Smith, and uh, you can find him uh, in the pages of the Evening Standard 2. Always a good, interesting read, and hopefully we'll chat again come those Euro qualifying matches. And uh, just to clarify, it's actually the 5th of March when that Euro draw is made, Tuesday the 5th of March. So date for your diary there. Uh, get ready to hit Skyscanner for your away days and requesting some holiday leave. Uh, something that I did mean to mention as well, as a positive, uh, was the collaboration with the under-23s for that trip to Spain. By all accounts, that worked out quite well. An opportunity for Serena Vigman to see some of those players at close quarters And and I saw, based on that, uh, that Aggie Beaver-Jones, she made the step up to the bench for the Austria game. So, yeah, positives to be had from it. Perhaps the positives do outweigh the negatives. On the 24th of February, the sad news came in that former England player Stan Bowles had passed away. Stan was a player that I was aware of But he was in action and played well before my time, before my childhood memories of the game. Born December 1948, he would go on to become a player synonymous with Queen's Park Rangers. But he began his career at Manchester City and would then go on to play for Bury, Crew Alexandra and Carlisle before moving down south to the capital. He spent seven years at QPR, played 255 times, scored 70 goals, entertaining the crowd, dribbling and scoring for fun. A maverick, many called him. He also played for Nottingham Forest, Leighton Orient and Brentford too. But he had personal issues off the pitch. A gambling habit, where at points he was laden with debt. He liked to drink in the pub and a cigarette too. But that was of the times. And sadly, in 2015, he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. But despite his talent, he just wasn't trusted by the three England managers of the time. He only won five England caps over three years. He first came in, in a friendly away to Portugal in 1977 under Alf Ramsey. But it was now Joe Mercer who was temporary England manager. He took them away to Wales and it was here where he scored his one and only goal in an England shirt. Certainly not the champagne football that we had expected when seeing the side that Joe Mercer had selected. It's Keith Weller one,
2: That's a goal. That is a goal. Stuart Bowles has
1: scored his first international goal. And that's gotta be a mistake by the goalkeeper. Thirty-six minutes. Not a particularly good goal. But you can see in the slow motion, the way that Keith Weller gets in behind Wells. The knock on from Shannon.
2: Here's the cross ball. Now Phillips has it, loses it, and that picker up of chances, Stan Bowles, doesn't miss anything like that. One nothing.
1: Stan Bowles would later be a pundit for Sky Sports and he was a favourite at Loftus Road even after his playing days. There's footage of him going back, coming onto the pitch, being applauded by all around him in the stands. Stan died aged 75 and I'd like to pass on my condolences to his family and friends. We'll leave it there for this episode. Thank you very much for joining me. I hope you've enjoyed it, especially the the debut goals feature. Let me know if you can think of any more, if I've missed anyone out. Who knows? Perhaps I'll have to update it in a couple of months' time. Maybe Aggie Beaver Jones will be selected and score for those games in April. Uh, or Ruby Mace. Or could Kiara Keating score from a goal kick? Who knows? Just before I go, a quick reminder, uh, you can contribute to the hosting of the podcast by heading to kofi.com forward slash three lions podcast, K O dash uh, fi.com forward slash three lions podcast. Spell it out, T H R E E, lions podcast. any contribution gratefully received. And then there is, of course, social media. Just search Three Lions Podcast. It'll come up. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's on YouTube as well. A follow, thumbs up, a like. Always appreciated. And if you want a chin wag as well, feel free. Drop me a line. So until the next time, please take care of yourselves. Cheers.